didn't you find a name the other day? We were thinking the Doubt Decade. The Doubt Decade? Yeah. Yeah. Doubt. But I think that's a bit... Oh, I don't think it's positive sounding enough. Yeah. Is it... I think it's more like choices. The decade of making choices. Or... Oh, yeah. We were thinking about little people, big choices. Because more than doubting, because I think everybody doubts their whole life. But then... This is more not doubting, but having to go through your doubt and still have to make the choice. So it's more... So we call it like stronger through doubt. <laughs> My doubt made me strong. <laughs> I think My... that is, it sounds a bit like self-help. I don't know how many... The self-help like podcast. But it's not even that. It's just sort of listening to... It's just sort of conversations. Yeah, exactly. So it's more like... Well, you don't need a title. You will find one day you're going to be asleep and you're going to wake up. Everyone keeps saying that, but it's been a week now and I still It's been a week. <laughs> it's a week. <laughs> it's like um, when I tried these Bikram yoga classes uh-huh. and the only reason I went was because I've been told that it would help me to find my zen. And I went to about three or four, maybe more. And I just remember being really frustrated because I just was like, I haven't found my <laughs> And I went up to the um, yoga instructor after like the like, second or third week. And I just said, look, I've been coming to these classes for a while and I just still haven't found my <laughs> And I'm just wondering, is it going to happen? <laughs> it's going to be today, it's going to be tomorrow, when is yeah. it? But I find it so, yeah, I find that kind of thing so hard. Right. Let's start with a bit of background. Who are you? Um, Catalina Ragan. I'm 22 years old and I'm Colombian. Colombian! Yeah, you're representing Colombia in my podcast. <laughs> We're Colombian, yes. And, and what are you doing? Uh, right now I'm studying political science, public administration and I have studied and I will continue studying psychology. In Salamanca. I'm doing it right now here. And how come you've come to Salamanca to do your degree? Uh, so I did three years and a half in Colombia, both of uh, international affairs and psychology. But for me, psychology was really good back in Colombia, but international affairs wasn't what I wanted. Also, yeah. I was in a private unit that was really really fucking expensive so I was being teached by really important people like ambassadors and consultant of the president but they weren't teachers so there were people that were doing what we probably wanted to do someday but they didn't know how to teach us so they will either treat us really bad or just don't care of teaching us because they already like they have a lot of knowledge but they don't know how to teach Um, we kind of tried to fight that for three years and at some point it was like they don't care. Um, and my uncle is from Salamanca and he graduated from the same faculty. I will graduate hopefully one day. Uh, and he told me that it's a really, well, at his his time it was a really good uni. It's really prestigious in, in Europe. And yeah, I decided to transfer. It sounds like a really good idea. Uh, um, yeah, but it's not. <laughs> Why not? Because it's like Salamanca was more like a... Like, it's not what it was a few years uh, ago. And also my faculty, that is one... Like, 
law faculty has been one of the oldest one. I think it was the first faculty that they have kind of, um, and it was really prestigious in Europe, but now the teachers don't want to teach. They don't want you to, and they're, they are teaching you like if they were teaching a hundred years ago. So they haven't changed, like they haven't advanced with how society has advanced. Like mm -hmm. they want us to memorize, not to be critical, not to analyze. And for me, politics is something that you don't need to memorize because you can find everything on the books. Uh, law is also something that you don't need to memorize. You just need to know how to interpret, analyze, criticize, and be able to argument what you think. So uh, for me, that is like, they just stay in where they begin and they haven't moved yeah. on. So it's kind of really... Um, no, I remember, like, oh. remember when we were um, doing that hike? Yeah. Um, one of the hikes last term. Um, and I remember you mentioning this and how disappointed you were <laughs> yeah. in the fact that you weren't being sort of asked to engage your brain. It was more that you were just being asked to memorise this and that and the yeah, other and exactly. then just regurgitate it in the exam. Um, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Like everybody, like you can take a 10 year old and repeat that a hundred times and I'm sure he can reply it. <laughs> so he like, can get your degree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Everybody can get a degree if everything that they have to do. Yeah. And then you also understand a lot of the context of Spanish politics from that. Because if this is one of the most prestige inside the country, and this is how they teach yeah. in the whole country, and it comes from the basis of other school, because I have seen kids that come from the first grade to uni, and they don't have analyze, like they don't know how to analyze. Um, then you understand why they cannot make a government work, why they have three parties that cannot get into an agreement, even though some of those parties are saying the same, because they don't have it, like the skills or tool to talk about that. So I, I do think there is a whole issue in this way of teaching and uh, system that we then reflects in, in the whole society of how they balance and how they work. Yeah, no, I, I can see exactly where you're coming <laughs> from. Um, okay. My next question, what was it like growing up in Colombia? Because um, I have no idea. I've never been to Colombia. I've never even been to South America. Is I think is really different to Europe in so many cases. Um, Colombia has something that is, if you are privileged enough to pay for things, you're going to have a really good life. If you're not, you're going to be miserable. Uh, much like anywhere really <laughs> yeah but it's the thing is that there are places where you're like oh this person has a work that is not really good or they don't gain that much money but their kids still can get education they kind of still go to uni and they kind of still go to a hospital if something happens because all those things are uh, public but then in Colombia we have some of those things public but you know that it's completely different to enter with a broken leg with a private insurance than to enter with the government insurance because they're gonna keep you sitting there for six hours and the person with the private insurance is gonna pass in five minutes okay. like just because of your insurance 
and that is the same with education mm, and then i was really lucky because of my paris work to be able to go to a um, international school that then helped me to enter a private uni uh, and then like i have been uh, normally in the lucky side like yeah. my whole life so my life in colombia has been great i love colombia and i adore colombia it's yeah. amazing you can go from cold to warm to <laughs> the sea in eight hours uh, you have the people in colombia had something that is like it's purely resilient like they are warm they are really welcoming they have like we have such a hard story of violence, narco-traffic, uh, violence then with ELN and FARC um, and all these parts that have been fighting for so many years but people still haven't lost their sweetness, their welcomeness like this, this really resilience have come and have bring the best of humankind yeah so Colombia is, I would like for me is amazing also we as families we have I think a whole different concept that they have in Europe. Like, um, my boyfriend is European, and the first thing that he saw in my family, he was like, "You call every day." I don't get how you do that. How do you call every day? And I'm like, "Yeah, like we call every day. We send messages every day. We're like, hey, I'm here. Let's go for dinner here. Let's do like our family and the concept of family is like is the most important part of yourself." And it's never broken. Like you can be fifty, and you're gonna be go every Sunday to visit your mom. Mm-hmm. So that is also a whole different thing in here. I I really really like that. I yeah, mean, I, th- I think that's really special. And I am um, I really want my family one day to be like that. Um, yeah, my kids. Well, but then but knowing them, I mean, my kids will probably grow up in England and be like, oh, piss off, mom. No, <laughs> if you if you're like. You have to come this Monday. At some time, they are going to be like, okay, yeah, it's, yeah. it's Monday. We have to see mom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that Colombia is a, is a really different culture, but it's really, really beautiful also. Yeah, no, it sounds it. It sounds fantastic. It's amazing. I mean, just having heard you say that makes me want to go and... <laughs> I love when people say that. You should go. It's yeah. like... Uh, but I have to get private insurance yeah just, so, <laughs> that's, if I, that's so if I do break my leg I can go in in five minutes that's the thing like in Colombia those things but it's so amazing it's also so funny like yeah. Colombia is a funny country people will bully you in a restaurant as a fun thing to do like what kind of bullying like I don't know you ask for bread and they're gonna be like and it's an Italian restaurant they're gonna be like yeah we don't have bread and then the waiter will come like, yeah, what do you think? And they will bring it. But just in this joke, welcome me kind of that. way. I so thought you were going to say people would be like, Jaws and bread. And they'd be like, yeah, of course you eat fatty. <laughs> no, no, it's more in like uh, making yeah, fun of. Yeah, that's a lot sweeter than where I was, <laughs> yeah. where I was going with it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really nice. Like, Colombia is a place everybody has to go. Yeah. It's nice. That sounds so lovely. Yeah. Um, but you had your... Um, you had to go back there. You came here and then you, you had a visa issue, didn't you? Yeah. What, ha- what so happened? It was never asked. really funny. So I came here... I came here in June of 2019. 
I did like all the paperwork for uni and in July 23 they no you like 20 something they say yeah you are gonna you we accept you then uh, I asked like I need an official letter to be able to ask for my visa and they leave for vacations the day I send that and then they send me the letter the 26th of August mm-hmm. uh, I had the right to be in Spain for three months 90 days without a visa and I then but I needed to ask for my like student visa one month before my three months were uh, over okay and I came here the first of September and I went like to the office uh hey I have my letter blah blah and they were like yeah you have to return to Colombia because uh you already have all the days but the thing is that Croatia is not part of my Schengen visa and I was in Croatia for 15 days uh, so I still had like almost 26 days but the woman was a bitch so she was <laughs> like no she didn't even sell my passport like she didn't open my passport and I was like she's just gonna be a bitch my boyfriend actually yelled here you're a bitch that wasn't that didn't help <laughs> at all but okay I want a boyfriend that stands up to me like that he was so angry like he was so angry and then they were like like uni accept that they took really long so they tried to fix it uh, they called the embassy they called the office here and they said like yeah you have to leave then then I have to go back to Colombia uh, I did the process that took me like one week to do it then it took them three weeks to send me my passport with my visa to my house so I was one month in Colombia but my visa was actually uh, like they gave me the visa like officially uh, one week after I put the document so it actually the whole process took one week but it took one month to arrive to my house Um, so it arrived on Three days later, I was in a plane going back to Spain again. It was like my last year was crazy. Like in Croatia, just before getting into a plane, I got run by a bike. I fractured my feet. I had to get a cast. So you got run over by a bike? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You don't know this story. Okay, so in before my visa thing. So we went in August to Croatia. Yeah. And the 27, we were going back. And there is one square ahead. So we are walking there and we can see already the airport. And there is a crossing um, thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and a red light. And the light goes green. And I passed with a bag. I had a rolling bag and another bag. Um, my boyfriend was just in front of me. And from behind me, the, it comes a bike that is not supposed to be in that thing, in that free yeah. little walking thing. Yeah. and runs me over from behind and I'm like okay it runs me over I thought it was nothing so I tried to stand the moment I put my feet on the ground horrible pain like I just start crying 
Oh my god. Yelling, like dying. And your, those months, like, yeah. like, like September, October, like that just sounds, and the end of August just sounds yeah. so frustrating. It was horrible. Like I got a casket, I got daily oh. injections in my belly. <laughs> my boyfriend was so happy because he had to, like he was the one was putting it, it on um, me. Is it, was it Wolfrin? Was it the stuff that makes your thing? Yeah, it, exactly. That so, is horrible. So if you need to fly, but you've, um, fractured something or broken something you have to have a warfarin which thins your blood yeah and that's like a daily injection in your in your yeah but i had to fly that same day so So they just gave it for me so the casket did did they make you wait to fly so that they could no okay that's the other part it's even more funny so we get to we go to a little um walking doctor yeah uh, this girl is like, yeah, we cannot do an x-ray. Also, you need to catch a plane. So I will just like immobilize you so you can go. But the, the thing is, the reason you have to have it is because if you fly, the air pressure can make your blood But clot. then they gave me like, because the, the injections and the official casket, they gave me in Spain. So it was way later. For the flight, they um. gave me like a pill. But the thing <laughs> is that that was the 27. Okay. I get to the airport, we get running, well, not running, I was in a wheelchair, but my boyfriend running with me and a thousand bikes, uh, bags, and they say, sorry, I know, and they get us in front because we were in the wheelchair, so you're going to be the first one getting to the plane. We go, we're in front of the plane, we can see the plane, we're going to enter, the flight is cancelled. And we were like, sorry. And they literally took us back and everybody sees us coming off of the thing and they're like what is happening oh, and we're like it's cancelled and they're like what the fuck <laughs> like we were all like i don't know because we saw the plane we were gonna enter the plane and then they say okay flight is cancelled we will take you all no first they take because they leave us there like three hours and then they say okay it's already 12 we're gonna take you to a hotel and we're gonna try to fly you at 5 a.m. Uh, there is gonna be food, blah, blah, you're gonna be taken, blah, blah. In this moment, we were like, okay, whatever, we yeah, actually that's, that's, want to yeah, live. It could be worse. It's nice that they actually do pick you up and give you. Yeah, exactly. But then it was 5 a.m., nobody knows about the plane. <laughs> then 10 a.m., nobody knows. 12, nobody knows. 7, nobody knows. Oh, for goodness sake is already like 9 p.m. We are still there. It has been already 24 hours. Nobody tells at what time the plane is going to go. I am dying of pain because it's still a doctor haven't seen me. And they take us next day, so more than 24 hours, like at 4 a.m., we fly, uh, finally, Croatia, Madrid. And when we arrived to Madrid, we had two bags. My boyfriend does a documentary and one in one of his bags was the hard drive of his finished documentary and in the other one was all our clothes. And they say there is no bags. There is not gonna be oh, any bag arriving. So annoying. It was fucking awful. So we are like, okay. I was only thinking the hard drive. Like clothes doesn't matter, but it's a whole two years of work. Like that hard drive cannot disappear. Um, Did you find it? Yeah, so they tell okay. us, okay, there's only going to be a few bags arriving. How did they only put a few? I don't know. But lucky enough, arrived my boyfriend back and it has the hard drive. So we were like, okay, it's closed. And we were like, hey, the clothes, blah, blah, we need it. Yeah. 
And they say, okay, we're going to send it to Salamanca, blah, blah. Yeah. Then we arrive to Salamanca. Everything happens with the visa. I go back to Colombia. The bag is still not here. It goes till December, no bag. So, so I still have no bag. They never return my bag. So you came to Salamanca with no clothes? Yeah, well, like, with no so, summer clothes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I had a lot of <laughs> oh, clothes in Spain. To, yeah, okay, you went back to Colombia. So you could get some. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was freaking crazy the last few months of last year. Yeah, that's that sounds really chaotic. It was, it was, it was a lot, but it's anyway, finally you're here now. Yeah, finally. Well, only to go off again. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're going to, tomorrow, you're going to Greece? Yes. To do what? So I am going to Greece to Lesbos, that is an island, and I'm gonna volunteer in a refugee camp. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I just I think it's so cool. Um, tell me, I I literally don't know anything about this. I never even knew it was something you could do. I mean, it obviously is, but it never even occurred to me. How do you get involved? What what do you have to do? Like, uh, well, what I did was I got into a page that is like it's like they work with all the NGOs that there is okay most of them and you apply you send your curriculum you try to send a bit of what you would like to do and where will you like to do it and then they send that to NGOs and the NGO has to choose you so you cannot choose the NGO so how come you and, and your boyfriend got chosen well the... because the thing was that I got so I apply alone okay and I got three options and I choose this one. And I was talking with the person in charge of the volunteer, like, hey, I'm, uh, I will be trying to fly this day. These are the days that I can do it. How can we do it? Blah, blah, blah. And then my boyfriend was like, oh, well, like he kind of does documentary. So it's also a really nice place to um, have a bit of more stories to tell. I uh, would really like to watch his documentary. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really nice. You'll have to send me a link. Um, and what happened? Uh, and I wrote this girl like, hey, my boyfriend also wants to go. And she was like, well, you were chosen by us. And I was like, he does this. I, they, I have done a lot of volunteer before. So they kind of choose me because of that. Like they literally told me like, we're just choosing you because you have done a few things before before and I told him told them like he has actually also worked with me before in one NGO back in Colombia and he's doing this documentary and he's writing this and blah 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 he did this master and she was like send me the curriculum and I will see what I can do and then she was really really nice and she was like yeah okay you two can go <laughs> and I was like oh, perfect then well, you're like you're, you are the definition of a power couple. <laughs> well, <laughs> going off to go and volunteer in a refugee camp in Greece for how long? A month? A few uh, weeks? It's like two weeks two and a weeks? bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we couldn't stay like that long, and then we're just gonna have an extra week to celebrate Valentine's in Greece. That's so, so nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and tell me, what what does what does it involve when you go to the camp? What what's your job? Well, what's your role? Mostly, they literally tell you anything. Like, if we need you to wake up at two a.m. because a boat just arrived, okay, and we need people registering, you have to do it. Yeah. Uh, if we need you to go and fix tents in the camp, you have to do it. So it's mostly whatever they need us to do. 
Oh, okay. So it's it's sort of um, you're you're just there to be like a real helping hand. And exactly. Keep more, the place running. Exactly more than and just one thing from the beginning is just like you can end up doing everything. They have warehouse now. It's like winter and it's really rainy, so they're like trying to solve the tents and the giving clothes and yeah, like and things for the bed. And they are also like there was like an emergency last week with a lighthouse. Okay. And then they need like more volunteers while the boats arrive because there is no so much control because of that. Yeah. So, yeah, we could end up doing whatever they want us to. So. Oh, wow. It sounds like um, it sounds like a much larger scale version of what I, me and my mum volunteer at this homeless shelter in London at Christmas every year, and it's exactly like that. You just go along. You don't know what you're gonna do, and, they and they'll just... be like, "We need you to get everyone because we're doing lunch now," or like, "We need," or they've got like services every different services on different days. So one day they might have like podiatry and like someone who looks an opticians oh, okay, um, and yeah. like a hairdresser and like someone who makes a dentist and it's like go and try and go and find all the people that need need these things, these things. and That's they so have nice. like really big rooms full of clothes that people have do- donated one year do you know Stormzy no one he's like this rapper in um in the UK and he donated loads of adidas shoes so all the all the people that were staying at the shelter were walking around looking so smart and they're like <laughs> brand new spanking like white little they're so shoes. nice yeah it's it is nice it yeah it's really nice to give back i think yeah exactly it's really nice um but you're doing on much more serious <laughs> no everything guns yeah one thing about you that I just find so fascinating is how multicultural your like life is. You're from Colombia. Yeah. You're so, but you're living in Spain. Yeah. Your sister's living in New York. Yeah. Your parents are living in Colombia. <laughs> your boyfriend lives in Amsterdam. Like I just how it's crazy. Well, the way I see it in my head is like your family was in a confetti gun and they just, <laughs> and they just shot it and you all just landed in different parts in different of the world. Places. Yeah. How is that? I think it's really nice because we have been able to construct the concept of home in a whole different way. Yeah. Because for us, home is not our house. Like this year, they were they're gonna sell my house where we live for twelve years, and everybody was so worried about that. Like, but it's your twelve year house. It's so bad. And I was like, it's literally a house. It's like an space. Yeah. Um, I'm with them. I feel like, oh no. But the thing is that that is not my house. My house is, my parents is my house. My parents is what matters of that house. My sister is what matters of that house. Yeah. So for me, sell it or do whatever with that house doesn't take anything from me, because I'm really like what my home is not that space. So I think this living so far away and uh, my sister also used to live in portugal and then in um montenegro so uh, even further yeah and just make us create this concept of home that we are present everywhere without having to be present and without it having to be a space so i think that is really nice also my parents have that same Thing because Colombia is pretty big and my dad is from 
one zone of the country. My mom is from a whole other zone and they meet in Bogota and they meet being aware of their family. So they also create this home for both of them that is created of missing their family about being so far away. So I think we're just used to of this moving concept of home. Um, that is also make us like really stronger uh, as have stronger uh, bonds as we know we're gonna be together where we go and yeah that no that's really beautiful <laughs> it's really lovely um right I wanted to uh, yeah but how did how did where did you meet your boyfriend okay so we met back in Colombia through Tinder we went on one date uh can't believe Tinder works. Yeah, it does. I hear these stories and I'm like, what? <laughs> it does. I, I know people who marry their Tinder date. I I saw him on Tinder and I really like him immediately. Also because he was saying he was doing his research for a master in Colombia. So he put that in the thing. Oh, like he right. was researching something that I really care about. That it was no this way. also... Like he was gonna research where I volunteer, yeah. Um, and I was like, I really like this guy, and I so I right, <laughs> and he picked me, and then it was five minutes, and I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna wait for him to talk. So I sent this funny gif. Yeah. We still use it. It's like uh, a little animal saying hello. <laughs> that is the most random thing, and he answered me with another gif, and we were like. Okay, let's go for a coffee. Um, yeah, okay, that's, that's enough. Let's spend let's... so much time doing that. Yeah. It's so crazy. But yeah, we met in Colombia through Tinder. Who knew? It actually works. Oh, well, giving, giving a lot of people hope. <laughs> All three of my listeners will now be getting on Tinder. Um, that's, that's really sweet. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk to you about your veganism. Tell me about a bit about your veganism. So I have been vegan for three years. I become vegan because I just don't think you have to make anyone or anything suffer for pleasure. I don't need it. So I completely understood that I don't need dairies, that I don't need uh, meat or any of like animal products. So I was like, okay, I don't need them. I can replace them. Why do I have to still like make other things suffer and then also I'm really spiritual and I really think that everything that I consume comes with the energy of it and then it will affect my energy and a cow that is gonna be killed is going through the worst stress is like everything that is happening is not positive and then I'm consuming the energy of a thing that was killed and the last thing that was in her mind was this stress of dying and being persecuted that I was like okay I don't need to put that in my body and I don't want to create more suffering in this work so I'm just not gonna do it no I I um I understand that and you are really spiritual I yeah not not to (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you are really spiritual um no, no no but like i will always remember standing at the top of that mountain um like in the with my bare feet yeah in the freezing cold stream because there was flowing water and Catalina told me that um flowing water what does it do cleans you it redirects your energy exactly and you were doing it and you were like do you need your energy redirected? And I was like, yeah, I sure do. 
I do. Yeah, I do. Please. Um, I just remember standing there like, I can't feel my feet anymore, but these energies, <laughs> I need to clean it either way. And um, also, the, do you remember outside Paniagua one evening? One of the many, many times that I've had tonsillitis. Um, <laughs> I remember feeling, it was Halloween. It's Halloween. Okay. And I was like, I just feel awful. I feel so ill. And you were like, go home. Oh, put, yeah. Put your, put your feet in a warm bath of water with lemon. lemon with yeah. lemon in it. It's a cure for everything. Yeah. It's amazing. It feels so nice. I've done it like four times now. It's amazing. It, your feet has so much pores, but then just cleans you. Yeah. It's amazing. And the thing about um, how there's a line that goes from the bottom of your foot, your feet to the top of your head is that it just like the thing is that people think that because of like the medicine that we're used to they're like if it is not injected it's not gonna go through your body Mm. but our body has so many pores that just put it on top Mm. and it's gonna go in so yeah it will just clean you will balance you um lemon is alkaline so it will just like balance your negative and positive so it's really nice mm. it also feels amazing it does feel amazing it's weird because you don't expect it but you put your feet in and it almost tingles yeah it's am- it's amazing but i think it also comes with a lot of believing that it's gonna work like all these kind of things uh, okay. come with a lot of you thinking that it's gonna work so i remember once i took my crystals and i put it my boyfriend had a headache and i put it in his head and he told me you're a voodoo bitch and i was like <laughs> whoa and then he was like but i actually feel how it is working and i was like just because you're believing right now is that you're actually feeling something work so it's really the believing that it's gonna work that also helps a lot. It's just like yeah, a bit of placebo. Yeah, but it's if it works, what is the issue with it being a placebo? It's, it's fine. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. Have you got any more? Actually, I'd love to. <laughs> I have I have a lot. Like I am the kind of person that will drink weird, not so tasty water. Okay. Uh, there is this ashawanda tea that tastes like awful. Yeah. It just smells awful too. <laughs> but you sleep so calm. Your body just... Like all the stress that you can have where leaves your it? body. Where, where, where do I buy it? <laughs> I actually had to buy in Amsterdam because I couldn't find it here. But uh, Amazon Prime has a powder. Okay. What is that? Ashawanda. Ashawanda. Yeah. Why, what, what's so bad about the taste? Uh, it is really bad. Is They call it... They say that it smells like the... Um, her in the back of a horse you know oh how that smells yeah <laughs> now imagine the taste it's really strong but it's not that bad it's not that bad it doesn't taste good like you're not gonna make that your beverage like for a day out but it's fine it's fine it's good yeah no i i've been trying to like make more juices and like get more like ginger and turmeric and lemon into my system it's so good yeah because i just get I guess so. I don't know whether it's an age thing or just because I, I a hormone thing. I have no idea, but I just get so under the weather. So often at the moment, I have tonsillitis. It's what, the 23rd of January? I've had yeah. tonsillitis twice this year. Like, <laughs> and I just I just refuse to go on antibiotics again. Yes, like, I've been on antibiotics lovely. almost con- like constantly for the last two or three years. And I just can't stand the idea of what it's doing to my gut. So I just want to, at the moment, I'm like, that's it. 
time to turmeric i'm just gonna yeah it's really good yeah. like ginger water is also such a good thing for yeah. your body i'm waiting for the effects i'm waiting for my glow <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen but it yeah. has to be really constant yeah yeah i have to relax mm-hmm. i like when i was searching for my zen <laughs> chill out <laughs> it's gonna take time that's the thing <laughs> this kind of things take time and the biotics will yeah you will be finding one week this is it's gonna take longer but it's also gonna stay for longer yeah so it's when, good when you get back from greece i'll be like Catalina, where's my glow? Where's my glow? <laughs> I hope when I get back from Greece, you already. I'm going to some healing water thing, like a hot spring healing water. I will bring you some of that water so you can. Please do. What do I do with it? Just put it on, yeah, a, on, a, cotton, on a cotton pad and like dab it all over me. Put it a bit on a pad and yeah. be on the pad. Well, I think that's all my questions actually. Apart from my last one was it just says never seen snow. Yeah, I never seen it snow. Actually, saw shit is snow four days ago here, but it looked like rain. It, it didn't did, stick. I didn't it actually count. make the like association with snow until like five minutes in. I was like, oh, this is snow, you not just slow moving rain. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was that, and then a lot of people out of my window were yelling, "Is it snowing? Is it snowing?" I was like, this is a disappointment. <laughs> And then I was like, I'm not going to count this time as the first time I see snow because it's not about it snow, so I'm not going to do it. It will happen. It will happen. Yeah. It might. Actually, it's really cold in Greece at this time of year, so you might yeah. see snow. They said that maybe, but I think this year, cloud warming, thank you all, uh, yeah. it hasn't really snow around Europe that much. No. Other than in places that it always snow like the whole year, but then it doesn't count. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago it snowed in March in England, so we could be in with a... Also, we're so far in the north here that if it was going to snow anywhere in Spain, it would be here. Yeah, exactly, so, that's true. Well, well uh, apart from the mountains, <laughs> but you know, this this region. Yeah, this region, that's true. But yeah, anyway, it's been so nice having you on my podcast. It's been so nice that you'd bring me. Thank you so much. Okay. Adios! Uh, bye-bye! <laughs>